The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next on Life Today, author and speaker Liz Curtis Higgs shares her love for scripture and the impact it continues to have on her life. My father thought so. He always said, you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps. And it's like, Daddy, I don't even wear boots. I finally understood that the Bible wasn't just a collection of good ideas and interesting stories, mm -hmm. that it was the inspired, holy, perfect Word of God. And when I read it, it was like he was reading to me. so excited about today's show. I had read this woman's books long before I ever met her. And the fact that I actually get to call her friend now mm. is just a pure delight. She writes amazing books. She writes Scottish historical oh, fiction. Boy. Yes, indeed, right up my alley. <laughs> Would you please help me welcome the wonderful Liz Curtis Higgs. Yes, you know, one of the highest um, accolades I could give you is that my mom, um, who passed recently, but she is she was so picky about getting facts correct. Mm -hmm. Like if I wrote in a book, it was in June when something happened, and she would say actually it was May the fourteenth. <laughs> yes. And but when I sent her your Scottish fiction that was taken, I mean written in the area where we live, where we mm -hmm. grew up, Mum said she got every single detail right. That's a lot of work, Lizzie. How Thank did you goodness. do that? Oh, I love to do that. First of all, I got to go to your beautiful home country, spend a lot of time there doing all the walking about research. Mm -hmm. um, and then I met a beautiful Scottish bookseller who was my first reader in all my novels. And so he would fix things. He would say to me, you have your bird tweeting in the afternoon and it only tweets in the morning. See, only a Scottish woman would know that. Yes, just a, a morning tweeter. That's yes. right, who knew? Wow. So, um, so he was a huge help to me, really, to get it right. So really the credit goes to Benny, but I tried hard. But your books have, um I mean, they've helped so many of us. They've enthralled us. Your tales are wonderful. And then your bad women, you know, bad girls of the Bible and all sorts <laughs> of stuff. But I have to tell you, I love this new book of yours. Mm. This is a little different for you in a way, isn't it? It is. It is. Because usually I'm telling stories. Mm -hmm. Bad girls, really bad girls, slightly bad girls. We're telling their stories. The novels, of course, are all about stories. Um, but this one is favorite verses of a thousand different women. They all voted, some voted for two or three because who could ever just pick one, right? And, uh, and I tallied them up and these are their 31 favorites. I had to really fight the urge to vote myself and push some over the top. But I love them all and learned from them all. Some are favorites we know well and some are, were not new to me as in, wow, I never read that before. I just never parked on it before. So. Since you couldn't vote on the initial one by your own rules, can you maybe vote out of the 30 ones that made the book and tell us some that are most impactful in your life? In fact, even the, I think it's maybe even the first one kind of ties in a little bit to your story because mm. I know more about your story than maybe you do. <laughs> <laughs> too much, Sheila. You know way too much of my story. No. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 was the first verse I ever learned. 
We're going back 34 years now when this wild woman with a wild past met a wild and wonderful Jesus. And when I stumbled on this verse, it was like, oh, that one's for me. Do you ever do that? You open the Bible and it's like, this one has got my name written in the margin. <laughs> and you're shocked it isn't like lifting off the page with bright letters. Um, but I thought, this is it. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold. I love that. It's only in the NASB, but I love the behold. It's kind of like, ta-da. <laughs> behold, new things have come. That was the best news for me as, a, as an FBG, a former bad girl, mm. to think <laughs> that I wouldn't have to carry the weight of my sin the whole of my life, that Jesus would, in fact, not just clean me up, not just freshen me up, but he would make me new, entirely new. How did you get that, Liz? Because I know some of your background in your rock jock and radio. And um, where did you find yourself in a place where suddenly that became true for you? Oh, well, I had to find myself in the bottom of a pit. Um, you know, some people are smarter than that. They start down in the pit and go, wow, this is a pit, I'm out. But I said, oh, baby, it's a pit. And down and down and down and down I went. The party was happening at the bottom of the pit. <laughs> but then you get to the bottom of the pit and you realize this party is not really happening. Mm -hmm. Everybody there is stoned or drunk or strung out and not, they don't really care. They're not really friends. And at the end of the day, in the morning, when you wake up next to somebody you don't know, hung over with something you don't remember drinking, mm. this is when you say, is this all there is? Is this all life is? Because I couldn't think of a good reason to keep going mm. if this is all there is. Well, the happy news about hitting bottom is you're already halfway out because <laughs> you, you have to hit bottom. I pray for parents with prodigals. Uh, I say, I'm gonna have a very weird prayer for you to pray. Pray they hit bottom. Mm. Now that's a hard prayer. No parent wants that. But for most of us, if we're naturally rebellious, we don't look up till we've gotten as far out as we can go, like the prodigal son in the pig pen. How did Jesus find you, Liz? Oh, he found me a mess. <laughs> but he used two wonderful people who just come out of a pit themselves as his ambassadors. They showed me Jesus, Sheila. They loved me. They hugged me into the kingdom. They made Jesus real to me. He wasn't just a man in a book. He was living and breathing, and he was my savior. So they loved me and loved me until I invited myself to their church because I wanted to see if anybody else was weird as them. <laughs> they were so weird, y'all. They were so holy and fun. I didn't know you could be funny and be a Christian. It seemed illegal. And so... <laughs> They were, though. They were funny, loving, grace-filled, not perfect. They would tell you that themselves. Um, but boy, they loved Jesus, and they loved his word. They had Bibles in every room of the house. I had an ashtray in every room of the house. They had a Bible <laughs> in every room. They knew the word. They talked about the word. They were brand-new Christians, Sheila. Wow. They hadn't known Jesus more than three or four months when they came mm. into my life, mm. you know, bubbling over as only a new believer can. Um, and I needed to see that enthusiasm, God in me. I needed to see what that looked like. I, 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 get, I get the hitting bottom. I, I get the enthusiasm in someone that shows that they, they care about you. Mm -hmm. But how did you know that there was actually a transformation that took place that was only attributable to Jesus Christ and not just, you know, you turning your life around on your oh. own or... Exactly. You know, and I so did didn't program. turn my life around. 
Though my father thought so. He always said, you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps. And mm. it's like, Daddy, I don't even wear boots. It's not, it's not <laughs> about boots. Actually, I have boots on tonight. We won't talk about that. They're really but, nice um, boots. <laughs> the, uh, I knew, I knew that this was a power greater than me because I had a lot to lay down. And as I laid down each thing, you know, the whole sex, drugs, and rock and roll bit, as I laid them down, I didn't have the desire to pick them back up. Mm. Well, that could only be God. I'd been at, out in that place for 10 years. So only the Lord could do that. And his word. I finally understood that the Bible wasn't just a collection of good ideas and interesting stories, mm -hmm. that it was the inspired, holy, perfect word of God. And when I read it, it was like he was reading to me. That's, I think, the fun part, is finding out from people, what are your favorite verses? And I always wanted to know why. And there was always a story attached, yeah. mm -hmm. that it got me through this really tough time, yeah. that it taught me something, that it sustained my faith. Um, and so that, that's the joy of it to me. So, yeah. But you've unpacked some of the verses I was very familiar with. You've kind of gone in and you've just dug a little deeper. I mean, most of us, I think the first verse that I learned in Sunday school was be still and know that I am God. Mm. And I would sit around as a teenager and try and be still, and I was horrible <laughs> at it. <laughs> I think Sunday school teachers use that one on purpose. Yes, yes they do, they do, they do. But you do. dug in a little deeper with that verse. Well, all you have to do, as often as the case with the word, is back up a couple of verses so you're into the setting of what's going on. God's people were really quick to fight. They wanted to win on their own strength. And that's why God said to them, be still. There's a comma after mm. it, so we're supposed to pause. Be still, also translated, cease and desist, stop striving, stop fighting. So suddenly this idea of still, of sitting still or laying in a hammock with a lemonade and a novel, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, stop trying to do this yourself. Randy, it's just what you said earlier about knowing that that transformation was of God and not of us. Yeah. When God says, be still, he's really saying, stop trying to do this yourself mm -hmm. and know, know in the deepest sense, I am God. Nobody else, certainly not us. Be still. And so we can still run around, Sheila, and be still in our spirits, mm -hmm. not striving not trying, not working, not angsting. I'm not even sure that's a word. Uh, not struggling, resting in who he is. And not, not trying to make up for what you think God should be doing, but let him be God and actually do it himself. Well, you know, I love I loved to use it because I do sometimes say I need to let God be God, but the thing is, he's already God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whether I make him so or not, right. he's already God. Right. Yeah. The thing that I love, though, about the way you help us unpack that verse, Liz. I think of people watching right now, and they're maybe struggling in their marriage, they may be struggling mm. in their finances, mm. they're maybe struggling in their health, and the most natural thing is to try to do something. Of course. But I think that the grace that you offer through that verse is in the midst of it, you can still find peace mm. and rest in the fact that He is God. Right, right. The be still, you don't quit there. It's and know that I am God. So we're yeah. not doing even the stillness on our own. Yeah, and I think a lot of times what to do comes at the point where we finally settle down and, and quit running around like a chicken with our heads cut off right. and be still and realize that he is God and then he shows us what to do, right? right? Yeah. Or does it for us. He's well, so even better. gracious. Yeah, sure. Sometimes he just does it for us yeah. so we stand back in amazement. Yeah. What other scriptures really have jumped out at you and, and made a difference in your life? Well, Jeremiah 29, 11, 
I probably shouldn't tell you this, they're not in order in the book because I never wanted to suggest that one verse was more important than another, right. but it was the most favorite, was Jeremiah 29, <laughs> 11. And the tricky thing about that is he knows the plans he has for us. And Sheila, you once on Women of Faith said, could you just show us the plans? I've always loved I'll make that a line. few suggestions and yes, I'll sign off right, on the plans. Yes. I, know. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And I love that even though it's Jeremiah speaking, it's very clear this is coming right from God. Mm -hmm. And so right, right away we're comforted. We don't see any plans. We don't know what's next. Somebody does. And it's the one who made us and loves us. I know I have the plans. I know the plans for you. But the, the challenge is, again, we've got to back up a couple verses. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet for a reason. He was always bringing bad news. And the bad news was, oh, by the way, people, by the way, this is the LRV version. That's the Lizzie revised version. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, not available in any Christian bookstore. But um, the LRV says on this, look, people, you're going to be here in exile in Babylon for 70 years. There was a false prophet who was telling them, oh, this isn't going to be long at all. And he said, no, it's actually going to be 70 years. Now, that is a lifetime. That's a human lifetime. That meant they knew that they would never see home again, that they would never go back to Jerusalem. And yet God has a plan. Who's the plan for? It doesn't sound like a good plan at that point. It doesn't, but it is. Plans to prosper you, to give you a future and hope. That's when we get excited. But the future and the hope was really for their children and their children's children. And that's hard for all of us because we really want, we'd like to know those plans and have them take place by Thursday, <laughs> Friday at the latest. Right. And that is not what God promises. But he does say, I have plans for you. And honestly, that's a great comfort in a world that it looks like there are no plans, that it's all blowing up. Mm. It's not. That's that is very true. Mm. And then you, um, Philippians 4 13. Oh. Um, I love that verse, and you've included that. Um, we can't go through them all, but would you just talk to us a little bit about that? I can do all things. Yes, oh, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Christ who strengthens me. Um, yeah, I actually, um, I've done an LRV on that verse. Because here's the problem. Mm -hmm. I think this should be available in Christian bookstores, <laughs> personally. Well, here's why. I can do all things. In fact, when we sing it, we kind of quit with that. I oh, can do yeah. all things. I can do all things. Yeah. So now it sounds like a motivational speech. I can do all things. And that is not the heart of it. Through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. So the LRV on that one is actually, I can't do squat. <laughs> except through the, well, right, right? I mean, I can't do anything except through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. That's closer to the Greek and I think closer to what God is trying to say to us. Mm. Without Jesus, the very center of that verse, we really can't do anything, but oh baby, what we can do with him yeah. is amazing. I love that. That's kind of what Frederick Beekner says, that the gospel is bad news before it's good news. <laughs> Exactly. Because the bad news is on our own, you know, we're, we're lost. There's nothing mm. we can do. No. But then the, grit, the good news breaks in like, like daylight and says that Christ is here to give you strength for all of it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. One more. Um, Philippians 4, 8. Whatsoever things are good, true, lovely, yep. think on those pure. things. Yep. Pure. Right. Think on yep. those things. Um, what a... Lovely. And you know, that's a word that our British friends use in a different way than we do in the United States. If we say someone is lovely, we're usually describing them physically. But am I not right, Sheila, that that for you, the word lovely means the whole of a person. Yeah. She's lovely. If you say she's, I mean, that's what I used to say when people ask me to describe my grandmother, I would say, oh, she's just lovely. 
So. I mean, everything about her, her heart, her spirit, right. just who she was. So there's what we need to focus on, is the loveliness, not the physical beauty, but things that are good and right and true. Um, and if we get right down to it, there would never be anything in us. Hmm. I couldn't come up with a list of pure things about Liz Curtis Higgs. Ooh, only the purity of God. Mm -hmm. The righteousness of Liz, what a joke. But the righteousness of Christ in me, oh, God is so faithful. Mm. And so he is saying to us, when you're tempted to look at the world and all of the things that are ugly and cruel and mean, those children, Sheila, that we saw on the video that you ministered to, we see that and we say, oh, Lord, is there any hope? And he says, yes, and this is where I want you to look at what is pure and good. The work that you're doing is righteous and lovely and pure. Think on these things. That's how our minds are changed. Mm -hmm. Not by judging the world, but by loving the world. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I love most, Liz's book is called 31 Verses to Write in Your Heart. One of the things I love most about it, Liz, is that toward the end, you then give us very practical help mm. as to Here's how we can actually begin to commit these to heart, to memory. I mean, you give us very specific teaching guidelines that I find really helpful. Oh, well, good. Well, they're all the ones we know. Memorize the address, then the verse, the address. So, because that's what always goes away from me is the reference, because it's number related. Mm -hmm. So it's going to run right out of my head. Um, but there's some that are more fun. For example, your cell phone, your smartphone can be very helpful. Set an alarm to remind you, say your verse right now. Record them on there so you can have it sitting next to you while you're doing busy work with your hands. Here you are reading your verses to yourself. Easy. Mm -hmm. um, I love Pinterest, so I've got pictures on there that remind me of the verses. So just seeing the picture brings the verse to mind. Um, so many ways to use that phone that you have on you anyway to learn the Word of God. Mm. Then you can get creative. You can draw if you're artistic, how the verse works. If you're musical, like Sheila, you can sing a verse to a familiar tune. If you are not musical, like maybe Randy and certainly me, you can tap out a rhythm to help you remember the verse. Um, if you're dramatic, you can stand up and say it with vavoomph and sketch it out as you, as you say the, oh, is this all too crazy for you? No, it's and fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic, as are you. And one of the things I love that so much that um, we heard just now is the Word of God changes us. Does. The Word of God shows us that what looks hopeless, that there actually is hope. Mm -hmm. And we saw that mm -hmm. um, recently in a place that was very hard and very dark, but we saw the difference that the light and life of Christ will make. Would you watch this with us? Angola has been called the deadliest country for kids. Child mortality rates are among the highest in the world, according to United Nations, with malnutrition as the underlying cause in most of those deaths. The Mothers Our Mission teams visited may know nothing about statistics, but they do know the pain of seeing their children suffer and die because of a lack of food. You're a good mom. It's not your fault. I don't know if you can see, this little one is struggling to take every single breath that she takes. 
You know, Psalm 56 talks about the fact that God collects every tear in his bottle. I want this mom to know that God has collected all her tears. But I'm afraid when it gets to that stage, it's prayer that helps more than anything else. Because that little kid is in real trouble. Touch and heal her. Restore her little body that has been taken by the ravages of malnutrition, Jesus. You know what we try and do, Sheila, is we try and make sure they don't get you. And that's why mission feeding is so important. Because it's mission feeding that prevents this from happening. And when you see things like this, absolutely breaks your heart. And the only thing that it spurs us on to do is to make sure that I don't get you. You know, without the partnership with Life Outreach International, I think many, many hundreds of thousands, even millions of children would have lost their lives. I don't think a child should ever be in that situation, Sheila. I will never forget um, that malnutrition clinic or that sweet mom. You know, because sometimes people say to me, well, you know, that's just the way, that's just nature taking its course. You know, some, some people are just not. And I'm like, excuse me, no. We are the body of Christ on this earth. We are the ones who bring hope where there is no hope. We bring help where there is no help. We bring food when that's the need. You know, some people say, well, did you tell that mother that Jesus loved her? You know, first of all, my natural instinct was to hold her and say to her, you know what, this is not your fault. And you have a father in heaven who loves you and who's watching over you. But what Peter Pretorius said there is so true. We want to get to those kids before they ever end up in the malnutrition clinic. No mother should have to watch her child struggle to take one more breath. And to be able to go with Peter that day, literally, I mean, I, I couldn't talk in the van, but we drove for five hours and we went to one of the villages where mission feeding is already in place. And it was literally go like going from hell to heaven. It literally was like seeing darkness and hopelessness to seeing a place where children were running around, where they had a meal, and it's all possible, and it's so easy. Do you know that literally $30 will feed three children for three months? I mean, that's ridiculous. $50 will feed five children for three months, 110 children. And we have some amazing friends, you're probably watching, and they said to us, listen, we're gonna give you a matching gift, $400,000 on the table. So for everything you give, it'll be doubled. And we can even, with a school, we can feed a whole school full of children for three months for $1,400, and that will be doubled. So two schools. Yep. And I watch the kids don't go to school if they don't get food. But if we can say to them, hey, come on to school, we'll give you a good mm -hmm. meal. Yep. And then they get an education and they can grow up to be men and women yep. of destiny. Yep. You know, Sheila, you, you wondered whether you should tell that mother that, that God loved her. You did. You showed her that God loves her. And that's what we're asking you to do. You can't travel over there or send them an email or anything, but you can show those people that God loves them. When you partner with us, give them life, give them food, give them a chance, give their children a chance. You know, Sheila, um, that, that baby didn't make it. No. You know, it was interesting. Peter prayed for that little one. And we watched, they wrapped her up in foil because that was all they had, but they couldn't get her body temperature up. And yeah, that little one didn't make it. But there are others. But 
there. But there's so others. many others. That clinic was full of children. Mm -hmm. And I just think that this is the most amazing God gift. When you think that so many of us spend half our life thinking, you know, that we, what we're going to eat at our next meal and overeating, we can make a difference. We can get our lives back in balance and we can reach out a hand in Jesus' name and change the world. Go to the phone, go online, reach out with love, and let's give those children a chance. Let's show them the love of Christ in word and deed. Go to the phones, go online right now. Thank you. In remote and impoverished villages of Africa, children are suffering, desperately in need of life-saving food, facing death by starvation. Life's Mission Feeding Program is there, ready now to feed and care for children in crisis areas of Angola, Mozambique, and Sudan. With all of our previous reserves gone and Angola facing a record food shortage due to crop failure, we need to immediately replenish our funding and supplies for our feeding programs. As an answered prayer, a group of Life's friends have set a $400,000 matching gift challenge for Mission Feeding. This means your gift today can have a double impact. $30 for three children will be double to help feed six children. $50 to help feed five children will be double to save 10 children. And $100 for 10 children will be double to help feed 20 children. And don't forget, your $1,400 gift to sponsor a school will now be double to feed children in two schools. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you Without Rival by author Lisa Bevere. With your double impact gift of $100 or more, please request the complete illustrated children's Bible. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000, which will now be double to help feed 200 children, and you may request our beautiful majesty bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Beautiful children. And they're lining up because of love. Not just food, they're lining up because of love. And I just thank God for His love. And then I thank God for the love that you express. It is the love of God for all these children. Betty is here right now, and she's serving up the soup. You know, we've seen lots of lines over in the States. Kids lined up for games, kids lined up for parks, kids lined up to go to a movie. These lines are different. These kids are lined up for food, for life. Won't you join with us? These are the kind of lines that really count. These children need our help. They need, they need someone to make a good choice for them, and that's for life. Please join with us and help us with the mission feeding. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for helping. Really, it will make the world of a difference to, to those moms and those children. And for any gift at all that you send in, we'll be happy to send you Liz's wonderful new book, 31 Verses to Write on Your Heart. You'll Absolutely. love it. Absolutely. And please go to the phones right now, go online, and know that you are making a difference. You are helping to share life and love around the world. And Liz, we appreciate you sharing some life and love here on Life Today. Would you thank Liz Curtis? Thank you. Join us again next time right here on Life Today. See you then.
I wish I could do more for Life Outreach International, but I'm saving for retirement. We have a plan that can help you do both. Contact Life Planning Services today. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.